What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Nightmares Podcast, where we talk about all things horror, uh, movies, music, film, and, and in this case, film. <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, we're very excited to be exclusively going to guests. I'm here with my partner in crime, Mr. Zachary Smith. And then uh, we have a very, very special guest from overseas today. Um, we're very excited to have him. Um, Mr. Adrian, um, uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. If you'd be so awesome to introduce yourself uh, to our awesome guests, our awesome uh, viewers. Thank you so much for, for inviting me. Well, my name is um, Adrian Sofei. I'm a filmmaker and actor from Romania, and uh, yeah, I did a found footage film called Be My Cat, a film for Anne in 2015, which is still, um, uh, it, which is still being discovered by people, <laughs> because in the, in the lack of a, of a marketing budget and all that, like uh, literally it grew little by little by little by, by word of mouth. And also um, I have a, a film in, in which is in post-production now, which, uh, uh, we've been working on for the last uh, seven years an apocalyptic film called "We Put the World to Sleep." Nice, nice, and we're we're so excited to um, to get talking. I know Zach has a few questions um, that that he'd like to ask a little bit later on. But um, as we start every podcast with our guests, um, uh, we start with with one question in mind, and uh, it gets the conversation usually started, which was, "Where did horror enter your life?" And where, where did it begin as a, as a fan and as an interest? And then eventually we get to how did that blossom and develop into a career? So when did horror first touch your life? Um, and when did it become a, an interest and, and maybe even a, a slight obsession like the rest of us uh, crazy <laughs> filmmakers? So. Yeah, I think, uh, yes, I, I believe it happened in, uh, in, uh, in childhood, uh, actually quite early childhood. Um, there was that period... Um, I mean, I grew up immediately after the, the revolution, after, after communism fell in Romania. Practically, I was born in 87, communism fell, fell in 89 in Romania. So in those chaotic years, um, post-revolutionary chaotic years in the country, they, for the first time, they introduced uh, uh, um, cable TV and they began showing lots of movies that were not allowed before in, in the dictatorship. And because uh, everything was a, was a total chaos in the country, politically, economically, everything, uh, there was no such thing as, uh, uh, I don't know, like censorship or... Uh, uh, they were. They would literally show like uh, extremely uh, disturbing or like literally all type of footage they would show at literally at even at, at noon, even in the day, without any warning that oh kids are not allowed or anything like that. So <laughs> I, I, I've I've literally watched watched I think even even with my mom as as a very little child all types of horrors because she was not people were not. People were not educated. They they didn't they didn't think that oh my god we need to protect kids from something that can be seen in a movie because before in the dictatorship there was no such thing there was no such movie not even for adults you know you, they wouldn't allow any film that was slightly controversial in any way everything was very light so it was a it was a it was a thing that hit us literally like all the all the greatest. Uh, uh, masterpieces from the 60s from starting with Psycho and then with Carrie and then with 
with Jaws, with all these ones, you know, like literally I, 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 <laughs> I took them in from a very young age, which yeah, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's healthy to that extent, but what can I say? That that's that that's that's my history. <laughs> the uh, Zach Zach had a similar experience growing up. The um, uh, I love Zach always loves to chat about uh, his experience growing up with horror. He started very young as well. <laughs> yeah, essentially, um, I was raised on those movies. Like those movies have been around in America for well, ever since they were released, 60s, 70s, 50s. The old driving horror stuff like that. But I grew up with the 80s slasher, so. Freddy, Jason, stuff like that. Like, while I was watching Schwarzenegger and Stallone with my grandfather, my mother would be showing me Freddy, Jason, Pinhead, all those gory, horrifying slasher films, and I would just sit there with a smile on my face, just like, oh, this is awesome. (laughs) Uh, Jaws, for example. Like, I saw Jaws when I was, like, four, maybe five years old, and that actually started my obsession with sharks. Like, I actually got to swim with sharks a few months ago. That was a real fun time. The um, uh, it's 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 crazy how influences. I mean, you know, my you know, my grandmother showed my my cousin uh, Jaws at the age of five, and he didn't quite understand the concept of people getting eaten by sharks. So every twenty minutes, he would ask where Alex went, the little kid that got that got eaten. She would ask, he would ask her, where where did Alex go? And he's like, oh, honey, he went home. He went home. And then I think after about about the fifth time of him asking, uh, my cousin Sarah got fed up, and she turned around and said, the shark ate him, Kevin. Now shut up. The um, uh, and that was his childhood. <laughs> wow, yeah. I, I I think for me the the most uh, the one that had the biggest impact on me was uh, was Kerry, the, the brand Palmas Kerry. Yeah, I, I think that that's and 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 you can see you can see the influence of Kerry in even in even in in Be My Cat, you know, because it's a uh, it's it's this idea, this concept of of a character that initially appears to be vulnerable and then uh, uh, becomes the ultimate force of destruction, you know? So you kind of see a little bit of that paradox in my character in Be My Cat because he's that, you see him constantly smiling and uh, very exuberant and uh, uh, apparently positive uh, (laughs) person with a passion. And does those horrible things in the end? So yeah. Yeah. The um, actually, a quick fun fact for you that you may not know. Um, uh, she, uh, Sissy Spacek was so committed to her character, um, she actually stayed in that prom dress covered in blood for the f- for the entire five day shoot of that last scene. Uh, she did not change. Wow, she did I not. Cha- know that. Yeah, she did not change her clothes at all, or and she kept all the makeup on her face for the entire five days because she wanted to stay in that moment. Um, and Brian De Palma oh enc- encouraged her and everything else. It was it, it, it was it's pretty. It's, it was pretty impressive to, to hear about that wow that's crazy <laughs> that's crazy i pushed things in even further and now i regret because <laughs> I've lived, we've lived kind of in character for the last seven years for my uh <laughs> fair enough for my upcoming movie for we put the world to sleep but that was a mistake because i uh looking back uh, i'm not sure where my character uh, ends and where i begin and <laughs> well, that that, that 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 can that can sometimes happen. So I, you know, I there was something that you, that you said that that I'm very curious about because this is a very dip because a lot of Americans, you know, our, our audience is, is primarily American, maybe a little Canadian. So you know, they're not going to understand some of this, you know, experience of of just you know the just the generation before you was under uh, communist rule. So I, I'm very curious about what your your parents' reactions and maybe older relatives' reactions were to to your passion towards some of these movies and what a 
interesting cultural shock it must have been coming from a very um, you know buttoned up culture to something that's very you know horror is very freely expressed. I mean, it, it's 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 no ambitions, um, you know, no holds bar um, kind of expression. It's very visceral. So I'm very curious about you know how the older generation, maybe your parents or relatives or things of that nature, reacted to you know your fandom. You know, were they supportive or were they kind of like, well, that's that's kind of strange and you know and about some of these movies that were coming in that were exciting you so much well uh, at an at an early age i wasn't uh, uh, i can't say that i was a horror fan or or anything like this you know i, I was just watching uh, whatever they were they were showing on on tv and the only person that i can talk of is is my mom because my father died when i was uh, was was very young and also i didn't grow up with uh, uh, with uh, I didn't have I don't have brothers sisters I didn't grow up with uh, with any grandparents so only my mom was just me and my mom watching <laughs> watching whatever they were showing on TV and uh, uh, initially I remember her reaction I think when when they first show when 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 they showed um, um, Psycho first you know uh, I, I I think I think we were both. Uh, waiting to see what that movie is, and she only knew uh, Anthony Perkins from uh, from some um, uh, romantic romantic comedies or sure, stuff sure. like that. And she she thought maybe Psycho would be something similar. <laughs> <laughs> not <laughs> and, so much. Uh, not so much. Yes, <laughs> but but then I, uh, uh, as far as I remember. Um, there was no such discussion. I mean, they weren't. There, there wasn't. There wasn't the word horror, even you know, or or something like that. You know, they would just uh, advertise these films, and they would just show them, and my mom would just watch them, and we would be wow, wow, this is so interesting. And she, I remember she liking them as well. So um, uh, I, I, I've never experienced uh, any sort of. Uh, judgment or uh, being looked down or judged in any way for for watching these films because I don't know we we were just exposed to them and both of us enjoyed them. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, it sounds like you bonded over them and everything else, and that must have been a you know a trip for her. I mean, you're talking about Psycho, that is about a crazed murderer who's obsessed with yeah. his mother and dresses like his mother. So that's, I mean, you know, if we're gonna really, really break this down and everything, so I mean, that must have been very interesting uh, to 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 see that you know type of thing. And you yeah, know, but later, only only later. When I started to uh, kind of be aware of what uh, what the horror genre is and all these things, only later uh, my mom became like when I when I when I actually uh, developed a, a passion for film history and I started to really watch uh, to seek all the masterpieces and to really understand and the filmmaking and all that that happened. In uh, in my teenage years during high school, um, uh, and not not from a horror movie that happened after I watched uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey. That was like my biggest uh, revelation, you know, because up till that moment I was watching movies the same way you would I don't know you would listen to music on on uh, MTV back then. There was only MTV that was the only way to listen music, uh, and. Uh, uh, I mean, I wasn't aware of 
of the experience or I wasn't aware of the fact that I was getting in touch with a certain art or no, you know, with the art of cinema, a certain culture. And I became aware of that after 2001, A Space Odyssey. And, um, uh, and uh, yeah, and, and yeah, and, and, and later, and later, very interestingly, uh, for example, my mom is a huge fan of thrillers, but not, not horrors. So, for example, her favorite film, one of, I think, either first or second favorite film of all time is The Silence of the Lambs, you know? Good one. So, but for, and, and, and I, I've shown her uh, uh, John Carpenter's uh, uh, Assault on Precinct 13, and she absolutely loved it. It's, it's in her top three favorite movies. But then I've shown her Halloween, and she absolutely hated it. <laughs> so, so when, when, when there's an intense thriller that literally is so brutal, that literally uh, it, 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 she loves it. But the moment in, it, it a little bit steps into the horror zone, she hates it. I don't know. She, it's, 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 uh, it's, 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 it's it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, and and, there, and plus me, there's 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 plenty of people that that are not, you know, that can't delve yeah. into that, you know, which I, you know, we've t- discussed many times. So, uh, so you said something that was interesting that really struck me was you said specifically um, about 2001: Space Odyssey and how it inspired yeah. you. Um, you know, what specifically, you know. M- made that switch in your head from uh, being a passive uh, film fan or a movie fan to really diving into the art form of, of filmmaking. I mean, cause I think most yeah. people can, you know, can pinpoint most people and we're both, um, you know, I've been acting since I was 10 and I do executive producing. Zach is, um, does directing and post work. So I think most of us can really, you know, pinpoint a movie that we go, mm, you know what? I, I bet I can do that. I, I bet I can do that. So what was it about 2001 space odyssey that really struck you, um, to say, yeah, I can. I could probably get into the the filmmaking business, or at least appreciate the art of filmmaking. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that that's when I, I I wanted to make films. I'm I'm I don't remember that. But um, in 2001: A Space Odyssey, there was definitely the, the the metaphysics, the idea that a film that a film would try to talk about the entirety of our existence. I mean, past, present, and, and future, you know? Mm-hmm. The fact that they would, they would try to talk about all these huge metaphysics about where everything comes from and where it goes to. Uh, the fact that you can, you can, the fact that you can, that you can attempt to uh, express the immensity of uh, our entire existence, of the existence of the universe and all the metaphysical questions and everything, the fact that you can put that into two hours, you know, into a, into a work of art of two hours, that, that, that like literally, like literally gave me like, <laughs> gave, me, gave me goosebumps, you know, when I, when I first saw, when I first saw the, the, those scenes from, from 2001 Space Odyssey. And, um, um, and uh, later, uh, later when I was, uh, and later I went to acting school, actually, I didn't go to film school, I went to acting school and uh, learned very good uh, method acting, uh, Romanian method of acting. Um, and um, 
after I finished acting school, I did a little bit of theater. But uh, uh, I've, I've re I realized that theater is not, it's, it's not what I really want. So I kind of, after a while, I returned to my old passion for film, practically. So I, and, and I made a connection. Uh, I remembered, I remembered that, that, that I had watched uh, the Blair Witch Project years mm. ago. That happened after I did the acting school. And I remember that I had watched the Blair Witch Project and I realized like, oh my God, the method that I've been applying, the improvisational method, the, the, and, and, the, and the theater directing method, everything that I was trying to apply into theater, I was trying to, um, um, uh, I've learned from, from, my, from uh, uh, this great Romanian acting teacher and theater director called Ion Kojar. So he had this philosophy that, that, a, that, a, that, a, that a theater show mustn't look like a show at all. Like he said that audiences, when they look, they must have no clue whatsoever to remind them that, that what they see is fiction. They must be like, oh my God, is this happening for real? Should we intervene? Should we stop them? Yeah, it's, <laughs> is this it's, really happening? It's, yeah, so, yeah, 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 absolutely. So, it's, it's, a, it's a disposition of a, a disposition of disbelief. The um, uh, the ability, yeah, exactly. ability to, so, to say so, that this is that you know that, that I'm in this. Exactly. So so then uh, after I learned all this stuff, when I returned back after doing some theater and some acting, when I returned to my passion for film and I, I, I began this project, I began to work on the on this project on Be My Cat, a film for Anne or my first feature. Mm -hmm. uh, that's when I remembered like, oh, my God, what I was trying to do in theater, what, what this Romanian acting teacher and director was trying to do in theater these guys, Ed, uh, Ed, Ed Mirick and, and uh, uh, Daniel Mirick and Ed Sanchez, and they actually did in the found footage genre practically mm -hmm. in in the Blair Witch Project. You know, like they they tried to remove any element whatsoever that would 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 remind audiences that that it's a movie, try, trying to look real, uh, and also the way they work with the they also the way they they work with the actors, the way that. Uh, not having a script practically, and which which allowed you to uh, to 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 go through this discovery process, through this authentic um, that allowed this controlled improvisation that can give natural uh, and authentic performances that look real. You know, not not like in the way you see in Hollywood movies. You know, I mean those those performances in Hollywood movies are. Are are powerful, you know. They are they are really powerful. But but if they were to be included uh, in a found footage film, if they uh, uh, nobody would believe that, you know. You can still feel that they are they are too well constructed. Polished. You, know? you can feel yeah that they are polished, that they are scripted. So it's not it's not pure it's not pure reality practically. Yeah. So what they did with the Blair Witch Project by, by not having a, a, a script, but at the same time still directing the movie by controlling, by controlling the circumstances of, how should I say, of that, of that fictional reality that they put the actors in. You know, they put them in the woods, they, uh, uh, they scared them, they, they were... 
they were cold, they were hungry and all that. So practically the directors controlled the circumstances of their reality so that, uh, so that it becomes uh, as real as possible. But without, of course, without being uh, abusive towards the actors. I mean, they knew what they are going into, you know. So practically they accepted this because they knew that this would lead to great acting performances and all that. So when I understood all these things, I, I realized like, oh my God, I can do it. Like, this is what I did. This is what I did in my acting school. This is what this actor, teacher and theater director was teaching us. I did the same things in theater. I mean, then, wow, I can do it. I can do it in film. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing when you learn that. And, um, you know, and I and I come from the, the school of thought, from the Meisner technique, a lot of uh, mm. improvisation, a lot of, um, uh, you know, yeah. acting is reacting, is, is you know, yeah. I'm reacting upon your thing. For example, right now, I'm telling you things right now, and you're acting interested, so therefore I'm going to keep telling you what you are, yeah. and, if, and, if, and then you're smiling, so therefore I'm going to keep saying what I'm <laughs> saying know. and everything else. For the, for the So that's, that's you know, in that Meisner technique. And, you know, and also, too, is just the Blair Witch Project. I, I always joke, and, um, and I joke this to Zach quite a bit, I said if I was going to write a book on Film film marketing. Um, chapter one would be Blair Witch Project because that is the, <laughs> some of the most brilliant marketing I have ever seen in existence. And you can't do that again. Not not to that not to yeah. that degree and not to that effect where where you had, you know, I don't know if you know the story. The uh, uh you know, they, they obviously they 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 pushed this as being, I know what they being, did. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but I, I but, but eventually, but eventually the it, it was um uh, the um. I believe it was either the FBI or our some you know um, some high end detectives or the general marshal called the filmmakers to say we'd like to open up an investigation on the missing persons uh, of these people. Uh, what <laughs> what people can you provide and what information can you provide? And then they said, all right, the FBI is getting involved now, so now we have to come out and we have to say that this wasn't real, this wasn't a real thing, you know. But it got to that point where the legal system was going to get involved in, and ask them. So. The, 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 the use of the early internet and to provide it and, and essentially create a kind of a creepy pasta was was next to you know amazingly brilliant um, and I saw a little bit in your film too um, in the trailer um, uh, you know about you know the the the, yeah. uh, the police I could have I could have uh, uh, I could have done I, uh, initially I, I planned on going on the same path I planned on on releasing on um, on YouTube. Uh, some fragments from the film uh, and me creating some social media accounts as if I'm really that psychopath obsessed with Anne Hathaway, like literally releasing some things as if they were real. But then I dropped the idea because uh, I realized that I was afraid that some people, even in the industry, that some festivals that I was sending the, the film to and stuff like that, I was afraid that they might believe that this was indeed uh, uh, a, that that at least some of it was real and then they wouldn't select my film you know they wouldn't take me seriously as a filmmaker because of that it's not that i actually killed actresses that that i don't know that i abused them in, in any shape or form because already some people are watching the movie and they are worried for the safety of the actresses i mean the executive producer of the film this is unbelievable like one of the executive producers of the film while i while i was shooting the movie I sent him some uh, some footage privately to watch, and then without telling me, he he got worried. He contacted the actress to make sure that she is okay, that she hasn't been 
uh, actually uh, uh, chloroform in, 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 in that in that scene. <laughs> um, that, that, that's fantastic. This is crazy. Yeah. The, um, so you can understand so you can understand why I didn't go with my initial plan of, of trying to make this look real you know because also because of, also because of the of the cultural difference and stuff like if, 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 if such a myth would have been uh, thrown out in the US market you know that there is this crazy guy in Romania who kind of abused people to do this film even if later I came out to say no this is not real the 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 um, the myth would be bigger than my power to, 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 to crush it and to put the truth out there. <laughs> yeah, the and this, this might have hurt me literally. Might have hurt me. Might have hurt my career. So that's the only reason I didn't I, do. I think it was. <laughs> I think it was Mark Twain who uh, who once said um, uh, said that the the um, a lie will get halfway around the world before the truth wakes up and puts its pants on. The, <laughs> so the um exactly. so so I so let's get into it though let's let's start like you know because you kind of already dived yeah. into it so let's let's talk um let's talk shop let's talk filmmaking for for a moment about about this film um so I know that Zach had some had some questions and he'll I'm sure he'll ju- jump in this is a very interesting concept and everything else so and and obviously I know that you came from and explained the acting backgrounds and the realism and everything mm-hmm. else but. Let's go into pre-production for just a second. How did you come up with this specific idea? Because um, it's a very specific, you know. Obviously, um, there, you know, there's a crazed person who's obsessed with Anne Hathaway, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, wants her to actually play his cat in a film. The um, uh, so I'm, I'm curious, how did you come up with the with this initial concept? And did you go through like a couple different ideas about celebrities? Yeah, how did initially, that, how did that come initially. At? Yeah, initially I played in a, uh, I did a one-man show in Romania, which uh, w- was inspired from a bunch of other monologues, but I, I adapted it, I kind of wrote it myself in the end. So uh, I did the same thing, like I kind of, like in Be My Cat, like I did everything, directing it, uh, writing it, acting and everything. So in that one-man show, there was, I was playing this this guy who was like, uh, again, was having some some mental issues and... Uh, he had an obsession with with an actress, with a Romanian actress, and had some problems with with his sister's cat and stuff like that. So uh, when I, I left, when I decided to leave theater behind and to uh, to go back to my uh, childhood and, and teenage passion for film, um, uh, that's when uh, initially I wanted to adapt the one man show into into the movie, into a movie. But then as the film project evolved, it became a totally different story, but I kept the psychology of my character. My, my character hasn't changed a lot from, from that theater show. So uh, I had to keep in the movie the main traits of his psychology. One, his, this obsession with, with an actress. <clears throat> but of course, since I wanted, <clears throat> since I wanted the movie, sorry, so I wanted the movie to be uh, to have an, an international audience. Uh, I couldn't use a Romanian actress. And by the way, in the in the theater show again, I was using the name of a real Romanian actress, and mm. uh, that also caused a little bit of controversy because, same as with the movie, people assumed that I might be for real obsessed with her and all that, which I wasn't. <laughs> 
but uh, so I decided to use the same concept, like use a real actress. Of course, had to be an internationally known actress, so that people would 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 connect to the story, and also had to be an actress that has something to do with cats, because I wanted to keep in the psychology of my character this this cat obsession, you know, obsession with girls and cats. He associates girls with cats and stuff like that. So exactly around the time when I was developing and I was thinking, when I was brainstorming the concept of the movie, that was in 2012, two movies came out. Uh, one was Les Miserables with Anne Hathaway, and I was like blown away by her performance in Les Miserables. And the other one was The Dark Knight Rises, again with her playing a cat woman. And... I realized, wow, like I was blown away by her performance in Les Miserables, but my character can be blown away by her performance <laughs> as Catwoman in The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> the, um, that's, 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 that's so, fantastic. So that's how everything literally uh, came, came together <laughs> in this way. That's that's so interesting, and then you know, um, and then obviously you know, found footage is a little bit easier to to uh, to you know to get going and everything else. There isn't as much pre-production that's that's required and everything else. But um, did you you just mentioned that there was an executive producer attached to this and everything else? Um, was there a you know was there a budget? Uh, you know, did you work out a budget for this and you know and how did that all work out with the planning? Yeah, I would say that I would say that found footage is 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 much harder to do than than traditional footage uh, from from one perspective. I mean, yeah, if you if you want to do uh, a found footage the way the way some people talk like, oh, I could do any time of found footage. I just take my phone and shoot something. Um, yeah, that, that wouldn't be probably good if you just do it. But uh, if you really want to uh, um, have a powerful film, you need a ton of preparation in advance. I mean, this for me was one year of living in character. Literally, I stayed at home. I didn't go out of the house for one year, literally not interact with anybody, like literally to a point of fucking up my psychology and all that, you know, moved with my mom. And like I tried to 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 uh, to transform into a reality, that fictional reality that I wanted to have in the film. So when I start shooting, uh, that reality is already there. You know, so that I don't have to act, I don't have to pretend because in in a traditional film, you can act, you can pretend a little bit, a little bit. But in a found footage film, you can't pretend like you it's felt immediately you 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 audiences feel that it's fake, feel feel that it's not real. So for that, I needed to prepare in advance all these circumstances. For example, the actresses, uh, I, I I met them for the first time with the camera on. Uh, I did the auditions online and uh, um, I met them directly in character. Uh, the, the moments that you see in the film that he meets the actresses, that's when actually I met the actresses for the, for the first time. But there was a lot of preparation in this. This was not because I know that some people when they watch Be My Cat, they think they are a little bit afraid that I might have used some abusive techniques in working with the actresses. Actually, no, because everything was planned in extreme details. Like there were tons of emails between me and actresses in advance. For example, one, and there were rules. There were different rules that we were supposed to follow during filming. One of the rules was that 
uh, whenever uh, you see me filming, whenever you see the camera on and you see me speaking English, that means that I'm in character. Mm. Whenever you, you hear me speaking Romanian, that means I'm out of character. Oh, so this language okay. switch was essential. Mm. So practically when they, when they arrived, you know, with, with their parents, literally, and, and Sonia was taking her luggages from the car and all that. The moment she saw me with the camera and heard me speaking English, not Romanian, me saying hi, she, immediately the switch was made in her mind. Oh, shit, we're already in character. It's, it's already the movie, you know? So um, this helped us a lot during uh, filming to not go crazy, you know? Because obviously it was me at, as a director giving instructions to her as the actress, but also me as a psychopathic director giving instructions to the actress played by her. So in order to differentiate between these two, the language switch helped us helped us a lot and and also helped us, for example, in in moments that that were uh, that were kind of a, a little bit crazy. For example, the moment when Sonia calls the police mm. uh, that happened for real. She actually called the police uh, in character. I mean, we were improvising, uh, and I gave her I gave her. I gave her a goal, I remember. I gave her an improvisational goal. I said, during improvisation, you need to do everything possible to reject me. I mean, to, to um, antagonize me or to really I pre reject my character as much as possible. You know, do, it, do, do the most that you can do. So literally, she, while improvising, she literally called the police for real, called call the, the equivalent of 911 in the US, which is 112 in European Union. Wow. That's, and um, that's, 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 pretty, that's pretty wild, man. They, um, uh, yeah, that, that, that's pretty wild. But, they, but, but and, and, and uh, I've been asked these questions sometimes like, uh, by people like, oh, but uh, like, weren't you... Uh, worried or scared or afraid or what what were what was in your mind when she called the police and for a second uh, you know it, it was a little bit of shock you know but then immediately seeing her continuing to speak english <laughs> not romanian mm. immediately it was in my mind okay we are still improvising. This is not Sonia feeling unsafe because the way we work on the movie and calling the police on me or anything like that. No, she's in character doing what I told her to do. <laughs> no, no, that's <laughs> Which the, is, that, that, that's, that's crazy. And actually, I and, and it's yeah. it's very interesting to, you know, in 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 other found footage, you have you know safe words and everything else. That might be the yeah. the most effective safe word i've ever heard to just switch languages yeah, yeah. the um that's mm -hmm. that's brilliant like you know and obviously you know a lot of people in the u.s can't do that we're, we're not as bi yeah. <laughs> bilingual over here but like what that's a very brilliant technique so i was going to ask you too is you know you talked about preparation um and by the way if you ever explain this there is a phenomenal acting game um it's one of the oldest games it's called it's called somebody uh, somebody leaves somebody goes and the idea mm. is it's an improv exercise where one person's goal is to leave the room and the other person's goal is to get them to stay in the room. <laughs> we did it. We and it's did a great, it. It's a great, it's a great exercise. <laughs> you did it for the whole movie. I know. That, that, that whole exercise was the movie. Um, uh, but, um, uh, but so 
a lot of the and a lot of the things that you saw in Be My Cat were actually inspired from acting exercises. For example, that. the moment the moment when I'm telling Sonia, okay, uh, you are not allowed to run, but uh, I, I forgot what what was that thing. Uh, yeah, run, 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 yeah, 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 run, walk, uh, run, sit, uh, run, sit, uh, crawl. Or and there's different versions. Uh, uh, run, walk, crawl, like a uh, sit, stand, lay down. There's all different, you know, different ones. And no, uh, no, no yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I meant, I meant the, the the moment in Be My Cat when I uh, when my character is, is telling her, oh, you you cannot you cannot get closer than one meter for me from me, but at the same time you are not allowed to run. So practically, this uh, the, uh, we would often be uh, be given during improvisations in acting cool some difficult tasks, you know, mm -hmm. like things that are very very hard to accomplish in practice. Because by trying to 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 do them, that would make you very focused as an actor. You know, you you don't think anymore the fact that you are acting and stuff like that. You start on really working on a real problem to solve that problem. You know. Yeah. So that's right. So it's, practically that moment is be my cat is inspired from from an acting exercise. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. So you know you talked about planning. Um, uh, you know a lot of planning and everything else, and you were discussing it with you know with the actresses yeah. and how it's very very you know uh, meticulous. I'm very curious yeah. about how you took some of that meticulousness into um, the part of directing with dealing with everybody else, dealing with camera locations. Um, uh, you know lighting. You know obviously it's found footage. But like you said, found footage, if you want to make a good found footage movie, you have to have a meticulous amount of planning to make it feel authentic. But I'm very curious about, you know, the other aspect, the other side of the camera. Um, you know, how did you work with your executive producers on this? How did you work with locations? How did you manage the world okay, around uh, you? The, the, it was just me. Again, in order to have, uh, to have an authentic film, it was just me on, and the actresses. There was no other crew present, literally nobody. Just mm -hmm. me on the actresses on location. Again, in order to preserve that sense of, of uh, for 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 both me and them to feel as if they are in this movie, as if they are in the reality of this movie. Mm -hmm. Because if we had any crew members present, that would that would take away from 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 that. Um, so again, this was planned. The location, the location, I, I uh, was was uh, found for me in advance, and I was I got so um, so thankful for the for finding it because it, I was trying to rent like a big place, and it was so hard to find. And finally, I found this. Uh, I think I put an announcement on on social media. Yeah, I put an announcement on my Facebook, and and uh, and. Uh, and uh, and uh, a, a young a young man from f actually one of my neighbors. I but we were we didn't know each other. It was like a little bit some down the down the street. Mm -hmm. um, so his father had this uh, his this little this little motel, you know, uh, something like that. So um, uh, we just rented that place for uh, for for two weeks, I think, for two weeks, yeah, to, to shoot the film. That, that's how the, the, the location was done. Uh, the, the executives and um, uh, a part of the movie, uh, a, part, a part of the budget was, 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 um, was crowdfunded. And the other part uh, was uh, we, had some, we had some investors as well from, 
both from Romania and the U.S. Uh, and again, they were found on uh, the ones from the U.S. I remember were found on the first one, at least from on, on in a Facebook group. I mean, literally, I put announcements in Facebook groups, and that's how I found them. Yeah, but but I didn't work on uh, a lot of the. Uh, I mean, everything, the entire management of the production was done by me. You know, I didn't have. Um, uh, I didn't have any any crew there, not just during shooting, even in post-production or pre, that there was just me, you know, doing everything. And it was really stressful, extremely, extremely stressful. I mean, um, and also especially afterwards in the post-production, like, um, because I didn't know practically, I, I, I've learned filmmaking and I've learned film production and film editing, literally everything from scratch i learned everything by doing you know like uh, yeah I, I mean if you can imagine initially when i, I began editing I, I downloaded this program uh, called uh, premiere elements not not adobe pro not premiere pro mm -hmm. I, I because i thought okay since i never edited a film in my life that's a bit too advanced for me so i used with i did it with premiere elements which was like the the downsized version of it. Uh, um, so uh, you can imagine, initially I put the entire film uh, with the sound as it was recorded from the camera, you know? Wow, okay. Like, uh, I was not even, I had no knowledge that actually on a film you need to do sound compression and sound editing. <laughs> and I'm sending, and I'm sending the, I'm sending the first cut, you know, to the actresses for feedback. And I think Sonia is writing back and saying, but uh, isn't there something wrong with the sound? I need to put my volume constantly up and down. Up and then I'm googling. and then I'm googling. It's like, oh my god! And then I, I began this. Literally, I think two months it took me just just to do the sound. Literally, like piece by piece, like literally every second, putting the different type of compression, putting up, putting down, because everything was recorded from the camera's microphones. We didn't have. Uh, uh, so, so, so yeah, it was a monumental amount of work, uh, both because, uh, I mean, even if I was a professional and already knew how to do this, it would still be a monumental amount of work because there's, we had so much improvised footage. And but since I, I had no idea of how to do any of these, like literally, first you learn and then you realize it's not good, and then you go back and you again do it and again and again and again till you learn and finally do it the, the right way so it was be my cat editing be my cat was the first time I had anxiety in my life I never had anxiety or panic attacks and uh, kind of fucked up my uh, my psychology this hey, film. <laughs> well, the uh, well now that and you know if anybody's going to feel your pain it's going to be Zach he's our resident post guy I mean he was uh, he was doing stuff on what Microsoft uh, paint or whatever back in the day Windows Movie Maker. The uh, so I mean he was mm. you know way back and everything else back when you can only do one line of film and one line of sound and you couldn't even multi-thread the film so you had to export yeah. and then put it back in. It was a as a crazy thing. So um, I, yeah, you know, I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. yeah the um, so um, so I'm curious, you know, because obviously this is an improvisational thing, and you told me about the story with the police. But we love hearing fun stories or funny stories or crazy stories from production. Did you ever? Did you have the general public accidentally 
walk into this? You know, I know there's a few shots from outside and um, yeah. but anything, anything funny from the general public that that uh, that went down during filmmaking that uh, that w- I'm sure was very interesting. Uh, nothing. Uh, yeah, there was there was one there was one guy. I mean, uh, there in the in the basement, mm. um, the the there was a room, and there was a guy living there, a homeless guy. I mean, the the owners of that place they took uh, they took pity on him and uh, allowed him to sleep in one of the in one of the rooms there in the basement. I, not as bad as the rooms that were seen in the film. I mean, <laughs> he had heating and. A little bit of heating and all that. Uh, so, so yeah, the owners told me that uh, that 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 the guy during the torture scene, like he was like telling them, like, oh, somebody, something's happening here. We need here. You need to call the police and all that. So, <laughs> that's that's, the, um, uh, that, that's fantastic. And um, and the other thing that happened with uh, we didn't have much interaction because because I I did it in a way to. Uh, to not have to do with too many people, um, to not have issues with with people. Uh, uh, the other stuff that happened is is not a, a funny thing actually, because we had this kind of this this bully, you know, who was kind of drunk and he was kind of uh, 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 catcalling one of the actresses while we were trying to shoot. So we had to stop shooting and. I had to talk to this guy and talk to the owners of this place to talk to him. And uh, that was a disturbing situation, you know, because and and that's when I felt like the need, like, oh, I wish I had uh, um, I, I wish I had security, you know, <laughs> on set and kind of kind of made me think, oh, if I ever do something like this again, I, it's good to have security, even if it's found footage and we don't need them in the picture, at least somewhere far away, you know, just in case, just in case we have some, some idiots like this that are becoming uh, abusive. <clears throat> no, absolutely. And then in the, in the yeah. same realm of, of seriousness, what it, what did it ended up happening with the cops? Cause she called them for real. So I'm curious yeah, on, yeah, on what, ended, <laughs> what ended up happening. That the cops were literally, they were great. Literally. We, we told them that we were, making this film and one of them said yeah yeah i understand so like one of the cops were saying that we i just told them a couple of words literally that we are making a film and this and then one of them interrupted me no 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 i understand so so uh, her 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 the intensity of her acting uh, became so real that she had to make the call yeah it's 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 it's, it's uh, it makes sense <laughs> It's, it's really, what the cop was telling. Yeah, no, it's really cool that, that they were very supportive. Um, yeah, uh, they, were, you... they were, they were, they uh, were, they were very cool and didn't. Uh, no, uh, normally, when you do something like this, you you get a fine actually uh, when you call emergency services for no reason. But uh, they were really cool and only gave us a, a warning. You know, oh, practically okay. that's that's one. That's the only reason why I got scared. When Sonia called the police, not because because I I would have to pay a huge fine from an already very small budget. Oh yeah, yeah that, that that would be rough. That'd be rough. So, <laughs> all right, I have I have the ultimate question. <laughs> Has word getting uh, gotten back to Anne Hathaway? The nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had to. I was. I was just too damn curious. I had to. I had to know. Yeah. So, but you know what? Though? I know that you mentioned that the that the original um, uh, one man show was uh, was based on a Romanian actress. Did word ever get mm-hmm. back to that Romanian actress? Uh, 
Yeah, and she wasn't happy with. Oh, uh oh. <laughs> the uh, oh my, the I hope she realized that it was all you know make believe and everything else. I know it was very intense, but I'm I'm hoping that somebody explained to her eventually that it was all you know a, you know a, a above board and not real. The um, uh, but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I I think I think um um <clears throat> I don't know probably because. Being a smaller community, uh, Romania and stuff like that, probably, uh, and 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 not knowing me and what I do and stuff like that, and uh, and also I did the mistake of um, of uh, not the mistake. Yeah, I wrote uh, I wrote an article on the internet on how I did that one man show, you know. Mm. So I also mentioned uh, how I picked her and stuff like that, and I think everything felt too. Uh, too creepy, a little bit too too much for her, you know. Mm. Uh, I mean, like an invasion of her uh, privacy in a way, you know, by just by mentioning her name in that article and her name being mentioned, you know, and being a much smaller community, you know, the artist, the, the theater or the acting community in Romania, yeah. But uh, on a on a on a on a on a global level with Anne Hathaway, I I don't see any reason of why she would be. Uh, disturbed that this film exists. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. I would have, I would have expected the Twitter, <laughs> Twitter verse or somebody to, uh, to catch fire of this and 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 tag her in it because that would have been interesting. But... Yeah, she, she, she's not on, she's not on Twitter. She only has oh. Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> oh well, then there you go. There, there, there yeah. you go. So the um, uh, yeah. so um, I do know that um, uh, the um, uh, do you, uh, um, that obviously this got you know pretty. A pretty good reaction um uh, you know from that you know so i have two questions is is one how do you feel about about the reaction i mean it won several awards and and it was you know a, a very widely you know publicized and a lot a lot of people really liked it you know just uh, watching some reviews from the horror community and um and some people that that were like wow this is really good for you know uh, for this uh, for a found footage um, uh, you know, situation. Um, so I'm very curious about what your reaction has been to such it's, the positive uh, feedback. My, uh, my, my, my feeling to all this is, is a kind of a bittersweet uh, feeling because uh, I, to be honest, I was hoping to also uh, a little bit make a living out of this film. You know, I was hoping to get picked up. Uh, I was hoping to get into a bigger festival like South by Southwest, uh, which we missed, like literally. Uh, because initially I did a longer version of the film. It was 109 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, and they wrote back to me and they said, we really love the concept and all that, but it's just too long, you know? Mm. And then I didn't, I didn't make a shorter when I, version and to wait one year to resubmit to South by Southwest. You know, I submitted to other festivals. So uh, we, we couldn't get one of, the, one of these top, top 10 the, the, these festivals that have have the power to make or break uh, a film. Sure. So because of that, it was really, really, really hard finding a distributor. It took like three years to just find a distributor. Uh, and then after finding a distributor, uh, it was, uh, again, it took a lot of time for it to, uh, to become known and talked about because this distributor that I found didn't have didn't put money into marketing and all that because it's not a it's not one of these powerful distributors that can really put your film out there and to to millions of people you know so it's still uh because of all this uh i couldn't um 
um, I couldn't make any real money with, with, with the film. And also, uh, it took a lot. Like right now, it's 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 uh, it's, it's now it's like it's it's like uh, seven seven eight years now. Mm-hmm. It took a lot for for it to uh, to have an, um, uh, a more direct impact on my career. Mm. Uh, for example. Now uh, I'm working on another project, which I cannot talk about because it uh, has to stay secret. Of course. Um, yes, and uh, and and uh, this this thing came recently, kind of a year, a year or two ago. I was so happy. So it took a lot of time for 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 be my cat to bring me something in in terms of uh, career, you know to as a filmmaker and as an as an actor and i mainly <clears throat> uh and i mainly use this period to develop my <clears throat> sorry my second uh indie film uh we put the world to sleep yeah nice nice the um uh, <clears throat> so i mean you know the the old expression slow and steady wins the race i um i, I suppose with the, with this and this open up the doors for you and you know and, and i'm curious because i'm not as familiar with you know with how film hits in other countries I'm very curious about what the reaction is um in your home country versus um versus elsewhere the um how does no. that okay, or is it about the same it's not much known in uh, in Romania, you know. I'm not uh, <clears throat> I'm not part of the Romania doesn't have an, an indie film community or a, mm. or a united um, uh, horror film community. Uh, horror fans are scattered here and there. And mm. uh, <clears throat> sorry, and I've, I've spoken a bit too loud in my, my throat. No, nah, no, it, it, <laughs> trust me, it happens to yeah. the rest of us. The um, uh, we got a whole day worth of, worth of podcasts, so the, uh, I understand. Yeah. So um, it's a, in Romania we we don't really have a, an indie an indie spirit of of filmmaking. Mm. So when I did this film, uh, other people in the industry were like, "Who is this guy? And where did he come from? You know, because mm-hmm. here you need to go through a certain process. You need to have a lot of." Uh, um, need to go to to study to do a film school. I mean, nobody did a found footage film in Romania. Hmm. You know, in Romania, the only types of films that are made are these films that that get uh, that get. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if you are aware of the <clears throat> new wave. Uh, this new Romanian new wave. These artsy films. Mm. The can the the can film the can types of films you know yeah yeah for that, sure that done with a with a quite of a bigger budget which comes from the state budget you know but in order to receive those money from the state you need to have tons of connections and mm. a film school and you need to you need to work classically traditionally you know so uh, there, there is no indie scene practice the way I did you know just just somebody just just a dude taking a camera and and struggling on his own and, and doing the film um, so um, and just just the way there isn't something like that in the film in the in the filmmaking world again also there isn't there isn't a, a fan base a united fan base you know we don't have conventions like horror conventions or anything like that so 
there is no such thing as a horror community or found footage community in Romania. Mm. People are scattered, one here, there, in different cities. So from time to time, uh, I get happy when I hear somebody from Romania uh, <clears throat> saying like, wow, I liked your film, because it happens very rarely. And when, they, when it happens, very interestingly, they learn about my movie, not from a Romanian source. They are following US uh, <laughs> YouTubers and stuff like that. It's, 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 it's a roundabout circle. The, um, uh, so exactly. They... And they are like, and they are like, and they are like, wow, why didn't I ever hear about this film from my own country? The, yeah, it's it's not it, it didn't make uh, it didn't make any wave in, in, in Romania. I'm I'm more known. I'm more known in the in the uh, indie filmmaking scene and among the horror community in the U.S. in the in the, in the English speaking world than I am in uh, in Romania actually. I mean, I mean, because at the end of the day, I mean, you kind of you know just hearing what you're saying. I mean, you took a playbook out of out of of how Americans do uh, do things. I mean, like we're just you know like we're like eh, we're just gonna go do it. The um uh, I don't need I, I don't need the system. I'm, we're just gonna go do it. Like you know the it's, yeah. a, it's that yeah. kind of attitude. Of of approaching the situation, which I commend you yeah. for. I mean, and, I applied. I yeah. literally applied the. I literally applied the the American dream, literally with 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 this thing. You know, this this do it yourself in the spirit, which I learned again fr by watching American documentaries, by watching American films. By I, I got that spirit because um, here in Romania, <clears throat> people don't have it, and especially the students that I I, I realized that. A lot of the students that study film, that there is one, there is only one film school in Romania, actually two, but one is the major one in Bucharest. So I've realized a lot of the, the youngsters that go to study film there, at the end of that school, they are more afraid to make a film than they were initially, you know, mm -hmm. because they are being told about all the things they need to make a film. Oh, in order to... Uh, make a feature you need to first make a lot of shorts in order to make a lot of shorts you need a lot of that like there are all these things like tons of things you need you know they are and and um, they literally be, are paralyzed you know are, are, are afraid to, to, to even start it you know and I was I was free from that thing you know I tried to free myself from everything that people are saying that you need to have in order to make a film you know so and that's my that's my advice as well for for everybody who wants to go into filmmaking you no know, cuz sometimes i'm asked what is your advice about how to go into filmmaking and my first advice is to uh, is to ignore all the things that are being said by others about what you need to do in order to go into filmmaking just 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 find your own way literally literally see what what works for you literally just just start from something and just totally throw yourself into that and then you will find the solution uh, as you as you move along because if you if you if you look too much at all the things that others people say and articles say and and uh, uh, that you need to make a film you can become discouraged you know, you can become, you can feel like, oh my God, it's 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 impossible for me to 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 reach all those things. So, yeah. <laughs> the um, I, 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 all right, I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna move into the to the to the question of the podcast is where where we <laughs> normally wrap wrap things up because uh, I don't think 
I want to end on any other note except that because that was that was beautiful and brilliant. So I don't I don't want to end on any other note but that. So <laughs> okay. um, I, so um, and actually that kind of leads me. And so the question of the podcast is is a fun thing that I make up um, uh, right at the end. Uh, we kind of go around the horn and we and we you know give our answers. Um, as it is tradition, um, the guests are allowed to go first, um, but they can pass if they need a little bit more time. Um, and this is kind of in the same spirit of what you were saying. If, if as a filmmaker, if you were going to start over with the knowledge that you know right now, the um, yeah. what, what would you tell yourself um, uh, from back then? The um, if you can go back in time and talk to yourself who's just starting out, the um, what would you say to that person? The uh, <clears throat> definitely definitely keep it uh keep it uh keep it as 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 short as possible not even 87 minutes like make it 77 you know i would have made this film not even 77 70 minutes you know like keep it as compact as possible in order to be selected by to have a chance at top festivals and when i say top festival i'm not talking about like good there are a lot of good festivals like really the top of the top the, the top 10 you know uh really make it as short as possible that, that that's one thing uh second uh would be uh, uh yeah authenticity it's it's good it's it's wonderful but still maybe use a little bit of color correction a little bit of color grading you know make it look a little bit filmic you know a little bit cinematic uh, not that much raw because a lot of people in the industry and in might look at it and say like, ah, oh, this is not a film. <laughs> it's, 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 it looks a bit too rough, just to help, just to help my, just to help my career without taking away from the, from the uh, authenticity of it or the natural, not, not too obvious, but just a little bit. Uh, that's another thing. Um, and the third thing, what else? What else, what else, what else? Yeah, I think I think I think these two because because these two I think would have would have helped me would have helped me uh, have um, a different a different path would have would have a bigger festival would have meant a bigger distributor a bigger distributor like everything everything would roll you know would be like a like a snow snowflake ball uh, like everything would would become bigger from there and probably my path would have would have been uh, uh, different as well. Yes. I mean, I would have achieved probably. I would have achieved, let's say, the the level of um, uh, that I that I I would have reached the level that I reached now, which is uh, uh, which is people. A lot of people in the in the horror community learning about the film and stuff. That probably I would have reached it uh, much earlier, like mm -hmm. let's say three or four years ago. You know, sure. And uh, now, and by this time, I I would have probably already started uh, making a living out of films. You know, having more projects and all that. And that's very important, ultimately. Yeah. I and mean, making a living. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Absolutely. So, so those little touches and uh, as well. So, Zach, yeah. what, what about what, what about you? Um, I would say stop trying to be a one man army. That was probably my biggest. That was probably my biggest problem when I first started. I wanted to do literally everything on my own. You know, post production, camera work, act like everything you could possibly do. If I didn't necessarily require somebody, I would be like, nope, don't need them. 
I, I don't want them. I don't need them. I'm just going to be me, my actors, and that's it. Because I, I just had major trust issues with people because it's like couldn't rely on anybody in high school and stuff like that. And even kind of my early college years, I didn't really get along with too many of the filmmakers, like one or two of them. So it was like, I'll eh, just one man army everything. So I would say don't be a one man army. Find help. Just find a crew or just do what you got to do to make the project yes. the best possible project it could be. And my second piece of advice, give a shit about the projects you're working on. Yeah. I would say if you don't have the passion for it, then don't do it. Because I think at the end of the day, you could tell when somebody cares about their project versus somebody who don't. Like, you clearly care. You put everything you had into this project, and it shows. And it's great, and I love that. That's one of the biggest things I look for in projects. Like, did the people care that they were making this project? And yes, you did, and that's one of my, like, good job, man. You just absolutely fantastic job. So thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Give a shit about the projects you're making because it will show and people do care about that. Don't make a project just because somebody said, oh, you have to make a feature. So I'm just I'm doing it out of an obligation. Don't do that. Make it because you want to and because you care. That's all. Yeah. It, it, the um, And if you don't give a shit about your project, how do you expect other people to give a shit about your project? The um, uh, plain and simple. The um, I mean, that's 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 the reality of the situation. And I, and I think I think for me, um, it's very similar to what you were saying, um, you know, in your inspiring uh, you know, speech towards the end, which is just do it. The um, I spent so much time analyzing things and 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 there's and it, of course you want a quality project you want to you want to provide passion and you want to do things but but sometimes you have to the the best learning curve you have is is doing it and not thinking about it the um uh, and you gotta you gotta pull the trigger the um you gotta pull the trigger um you know i already you have the passion and you have and you have you know plenty of planning and plenty of resources but eventually you have to do the project the, um, you got to do it because otherwise, you know, you'll you'll never know. First of all, you'll never know if it you know if it could be something and turn into something, and and, and more importantly, you're not going to learn everything in pre production. You're going to learn the most you ever had in production, the and then in post production. You know, you make the film yeah. three you make the film three times. <clears throat> you do it in the writing, the filming, and then the editing. But if you spend so much time in in number one, you're never going to really get to the full essence of that uh, of that project and also too is um don't give a shit what other but everybody thinks and this is and this is exactly what adrian was saying is that don't give a fuck what anybody thinks do do what you want to do regardless of what society may say or regardless of you know uh, of of what your peers may say you do what you're passionate about uh, and that's it the uh, because at the end of the day you're the one who has to look yourself in the mirror and um, something uh, you're so right and something more more industry specific uh, uh, an advice that i would uh, have a more practical advice uh, would be uh, for both actors and filmmakers uh, try before before shooting any film it doesn't matter if it's found footage if it's traditional uh, paid actors to leave in character for a period before you begin shooting uh, if say you have, let's say you shoot in a certain location, okay, you have a certain villa or whatever. Uh, pay the actors, let's say half the rate, the way you pay them for for rehearsals. Pay them to leave, like say for two for two weeks in advance, in that rent that location before before shooting. 
let them live in character there, interacting character, be, get used to that place, to, for them to feel that it's their place, to fill it with their energy and their thoughts and their feelings and everything and their dynamic. Because then when you will enter with the camera, you will enter with the camera in a reality which is already established. You know, you won't be entering into a film set and then trying to create it from, uh, from, from scratch, from zero with directing actors. You know, you will enter a reality which already is alive, breathing and existing. And then you will have to do very little in terms of directing the actors because they will already be that thing, you know, what you need to be. Um, but don't exaggerate, don't do the way I do. Uh, I did with We Put the World to Sleep, living for five years or seven years in Canada. That's not healthy. <laughs> fair, fair enough, fair enough. So, so, so Adrian, this is, your, this is your opportunity to look directly into, into your camera and tell the good people where they can find all of your films and, and talk about your social media plugs and, and all the great things of where the good people can find you. Yeah, so you can find me. Uh, I have a link tree, but yeah, that link tree is complicated. I have a website, adriantofay.com. Um, anyway, you can find my links from any, anywhere. If you write my name on the internet, uh, uh, you can find my IMDb, my website, both my website and my IMDb has links to all my social media channels from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and I have a Patreon page. Um, patreon.com slash um, my name uh, and on patreon I'm also uh, giving merch uh, for for patrons for supporters practically after after three months of contributions you get uh, be my cat merch uh, cups and t-shirts and posters and all that with be my cat and also you get the uh, uh, credits in my upcoming movie in We Put the World to Sleep from thanks credits to, uh, to executive producer credits. So, and exclusive, uh, exclusive info. That's, I, on my Patreon, I, I, I talk, I post stuff which I don't post publicly. I've been production insights, all the, all, all, all kinds of behind the scenes. So yeah, <laughs> very nice. That's where you can find me and and also support me if you if you can. Thank you so much, and and thank you all for checking thank out you. this this episode of the Nightmares Podcast. Uh, you can find us uh, at the uh, Nightmares Podcast on Midwest Horror Network, uh, anywhere where podcasts are found: Spotify, YouTube, Anchor, all that great stuff. And then you can also check us out on uh, on all of our social medias at Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Slasher, the application for all things horror. <laughs> and also, if you could be so awesome to stab that like button, smash that subscribe, and click that little dingy bell to be notified every time we drop amazing content on our channel thank you so much and we'll see you next time on the nightmares podcast bye guys <laughs>